in the Old Testament, the book of 2 Kings, and I want you to turn to chapter 22. And this afternoon, I want to speak mainly to young people today. In saying that, that doesn't mean there's not application to older people, okay? So, as always, it's not an excuse to go to sleep, Sandra. I, no, he doesn't do that. I just saw her smiling back there, so he's going to pick on me. It's not an excuse to go to sleep. Uh, there's definitely application here for all of us. And, but I do want to focus in on some principles, some thoughts uh, for uh, you young people, teenagers, and younger than that even. And I just want to consider today the life of a young man named Josiah and look at his life and look at the blessing that his life was and why it turned out to be a blessing and how your life uh, can be blessed of God as well. So 2 Kings chapter 22, I'm just going to read a couple of verses here, but I want you to hold your place because we're going to be back and forth a lot through this chapter as we go to other places. But just to get started with, we're going to look at just a couple of verses. 2 Kings 22 and verse 1, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 30 and one years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adiah of Boscath. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the ways of David his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. In chapter 23, turn over to chapter 23 and look at verse 25, and I want you to note what the Bible says about Josiah, even at the end of his life. And like unto him was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. Wow, the Bible has a lot of good to say about Josiah. And I want to just kind of br- give you a brief history of the story of Josiah. And we're going to look at some scriptures here to help us out with that. But Josiah was the 16th king of the southern kingdom of Judah, and the, and the Bible tells us that he was the 18th from David. Josiah was undoubtedly one of the greatest kings of Judah. We just read what the Word of God said concerning him, and really um, what made him one of the greatest kings was not because of things that he did, but it was God's measure of greatness that made him one of the greatest kings. In chapter 22, in verse 2, we saw that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in all the ways of David, his father. The Bible says he didn't turn to the right hand or to the left. Verse 25 of chapter uh, 23 said that there wasn't a king before him that was like how, how he clave to the Lord with all of his heart and soul and mind. And then there didn't arise one after him who was like him. And you compare that, what the Bible says about Josiah, you compare that with what God said about his father and his grandfather, and it's a completely different story. Look in 2 Kings 21. In 2 Kings 21, 
in verse 2, in fact, let's go back to verse 1, Manasseh, that's Josiah's grandfather. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign and reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was uh, Hephzibah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord after the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. So the Bible says that Manasseh did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Skip down to verse 6. Here's what Manasseh did. Verse 5, he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. So the temple of God, what was designed for the worship of God, he turned into idolatrous temples to false gods and heathen gods. Verse 6 says he made his son pass through the fire and observe times and use enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. He practiced child sacrifice. And the Bible says that he used enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. And ultimately, he wrought so much wickedness that brought the anger of the Lord upon Judah. If you skip down to verse 11, verse 11 says, Because Manasseh, king of Judah, had, hath done these abominations and hath done wickedly above all that the Amorites did, which were before him, and hath made Judah also to sin with his idols. The, therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such evil upon Jerusalem and Judah, that whosoever heareth of it, both his ears shall tingle. The judgment of God was coming because of what Manasseh did. Skip down to verse 19. And Ammon was twenty and two years old when he began to reign. And he reigned two years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Meshulameth, the daughter of Heraz of Jotba. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his father Manasseh did. And he walked in all the ways that his father walked in, and served the idols that his father served, and worshipped them. Ammon was Josiah's father. Manasseh was Josiah's grandfather. And so when you read what the Bible says about Josiah, even at a young age, and you compare that with what the Bible says about his father and his grandfather, it is amazing and it's a wonder that Josiah and his life turned out. Josiah came to the throne in times of great spiritual apostasy and moral decay. We're reading about the idolatry here and we're reading about the things that his grandfather did and practicing human sacrifice of children and so on. Well, when Josiah comes to the throne, and we'll read some of this in a little while, Josiah begins to initiate what was the last great spiritual revival in the kingdom before its final decline and collapse and ultimately then going out into captivity. God said that he was bringing judgment on the nation because of Manasseh's sin. He said, I'm going to bring such evil upon Judah that when people hear about it, their ears are going to tingle. But because of Josiah and because he did that which was right in the Lord, that stayed off God's judgment on the nation for a time, for a while. But then after Josiah died, then God brought them into judgment. The revival that came with the nation 
was also in concert or conjunction with the preaching of the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 1 and verse 2, the Bible says, To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. And they're gonna, we're going to see some things that coincide with that, things that Josiah did, and then the preaching of Jeremiah. But it brought about revival to these people who were living in such wickedness and idolatry. And so that's just a brief synopsis of the history or the story of Josiah. There are three things that I want to bring out today that really stand out about Josiah, why his life turned out and why he had success uh, in his life and why the Bible says that there wasn't a king like him. Okay, And we're going to see these three things. And I want to make some applications here today, especially to you young people, because Josiah was a young man. And Josiah did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. And Josiah did that which was right all the days of his life. And in the end of his life, the Bible says that Josiah was a great king. And it's all because of his relationship that he had to God. And let's let's pray and then we'll consider some things. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us and encourage us with the word and especially with this example of a good king, Josiah, who even as a young man served God. And I pray, Lord, that you would Lord, help us to make application in our own life that uh, the real success in life and the way to, uh, to blessedness and the way to even peace is through a genuine relationship with God. People mess their lives up, and people have messed their lives up. But there's still hope in and for a life who will turn to the Lord with all of his heart, all of his mind, all of his soul, and Lord, I pray that you would encourage us with these, these truths today. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing that I want you to see about Josiah is that Josiah started out right in spite of his family situation. Um, the Bible says that Josiah was very young when he began to reign. He was eight years old. Now, I want you to turn over to 2 Chronicles. Just keep your place here in 2 Kings, but turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 34, and we're going to see a little bit more added to that. Second Chronicles chapter 34, I want you to look at verse 1. The Bible says, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. He reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. Now notice verse 3. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. The Bible tells us here that while Josiah was yet young, he began to seek after the Lord. Now, I don't know exactly what that means as far as was Josiah saved at this point. It seems like it. The real thought here or the, the truth is, is that whatever the case for Josiah, Josiah had a relationship with God early on in life. 
He was eight years old when he began to reign. He was 16 years old when he began to seek after the God of David, his father. Now, Josiah had every reason and excuse not to turn to the Lord. We discussed his family situation a little bit. We, we know that he had a very wicked father. We read in chapter t- 2 Kings chapter 21 in verse 20 that Ammon was his father who walked in all the ways of Manasseh, uh, his father, who was full of idolatry and wickedness, who brought the anger of the Lord down. Ammon followed in his father's footsteps. Why didn't Josiah follow in his father's footsteps? Well, the Bible says that while he was yet young, he started to seek after the Lord. We also would read in 2 Chronicles chapter 33, since you're probably in chapter 34, just turn back to 2 Chronicles chapter 33, and I want you to look at verse 21. Ammon was two and twenty years old when he began to reign, and reigned two years in Jerusalem, but he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Manasseh his father, For Ammon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh his father had made and served them. And he humbled not himself before the Lord as Manasseh his father had humbled humbled himself. But Ammon trespassed more and more. And so the Bible tells us that not only did he do evil in the sight of the Lord and not only did he follow and in the footsteps of his father, but he refused to humble himself before God, and he continued to trespass more and more. He had a wicked grandfather in Manasseh who eventually turned to God late in life, but the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 33.1, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign and reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem, but did that which is evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. That was the growing up years of Josiah, or his early days. That was his family situation. He was young when he became king. He lived in wicked days. Idolatry abounded in the days that he lived in. And the Bible tells us that there were no scriptures, no Bible that was being used in those days. Turn to 2 Kings 22. 2 Kings chapter 22. We'll read some more of these verses in just a little bit, but when Josiah became king, he wanted to restore the house of God, the temple of God, because his father and grandfather had destroyed it. It had turned into idol worship and all that. He wanted to to restore it. And as they were doing the work, the construction work, the Bible tells us that they came across uh, something. Look in verse 8. And Hilkiah, the high priest, said unto Shaphan, the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, And he read it, and Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of them that do the work, that have oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. 
And it came to pass, when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the, the high priest and Ahikam, the son of Shaphan and Akbar, the son of Micaiah and Shaphan, the scribe of Asahiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go ye, inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. So in the days before Josiah, there were no scriptures. The, the temple was turned into a place of idol worship. And as they're doing the construction, they open up the wall and they find something. In the, and, and it's the book of the law. It's not been read. And the high priest takes it to the king and reads it. And when he hears the words of the book of the law, he rent his clothes, the Bible says. It opened his eyes to the truth of God. And what I'm saying here is that in the days of Josiah, like he had every reason to not turn out because of his father and his grandfather and the circumstance, the culture, and all of those things. And the application would be simple. We learned something from this, that in spite of all of that, God reached down and God influenced and impacted Josiah's life and his life turned out well. And it tells us that God is able to save in spite of any circumstance that people have in their life. You know what? You might be here today and you've messed your life up. Maybe your background in your childhood wasn't great. And you come from a messed up background, but here you are sitting today and maybe God has saved your soul and, 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 and you are a reflection yourself of the fact that God is able to save from any circumstance. And I would also encourage you, and again, this is message is mainly toward young people, but here's an application. You might have family, you might have loved ones that are, that are not saved, that are out there in the world, that are messing their life up, and you might feel discouraged over the fact that they're not walking with God and they're not in a relationship with God. Don't give up praying for them. God is able to save in any circumstance. I'm living example of that truth. Josiah had a great start, but not because of his circumstances. Josiah had a great start because he had a relationship with the Lord himself. And the Bible says that he purposed to seek after the Lord while he was yet young and do that which was right. And I like how the Bible states that he walked in all the ways of David, his father, even though David wasn't actually his biological father. He walked in the ways of David, his father. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man who loved God. Josiah chose a good example to follow after in his life. And the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. The, the admonition is, young people, listen to me. Listen to me right now. The admonition for you is to seek after God, to want and to know a relationship with God for yourself right now at a young age. 
Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not. Trust me, you let the days and the years go by, and you live life for yourself, you're going to mess it up. And you're going to have a lot of heartache and a lot of sin that breaks your life. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Josiah chose to seek after the Lord. Even at a young age, he chose to do right. He chose a right example to follow when he had every reason not to turn out. But not only did he just start right, the Bible tells us that and have, he had this foundation of a relationship with God. The Bible tells us that he did right through the days of his life. Josiah's days were actually days of filled with serving God. He was one of God's great servants. Let's notice some of the things about Josiah. How do we know that he did right through the days of his life? Well, first of all, we find that Josiah gave attention to the house of God. Go with me to 2 Kings 22 again. And I want you to look at verse 3. And it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Shaphan, the son of uh, Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the scribe, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may sum the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door hath gathered of the people, and let them deliver it into the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord, and let them give it to the doers of the work which is in the house of the Lord to repair the breaches of the house unto carpenters and unto builders and unto masons to, to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. Howbeit there was no reckoning made with them of the money that was delivered into their hand because they dealt faithfully. What I'm saying here is part of the reason that we know Josiah did that which was right because he gave attention to the house of God. It was in disrepair, it was in, some, it was a, it was in shambles, and he wanted, wanted it to be restored. It was important to him that it be restored to a place of worship. Let me make the application. Young people and old people alike, our life ought to be built around the house of the Lord. What do I mean by that? Listen, you ought to establish in your life that the worship of God through the word of God in the house of God is a priority in your life. We ought to establish that importance in the eyes and lives of our children from the very moment that they are born. And we need to be very careful because we are teaching our children whether we're intentionally teaching or not, we're always teaching them something. And it's either good or it's bad. And we need to be very careful because it's very easy to teach our own children by our actions that commitment to the Lord's house isn't that important. There's too many other things that are going on. And it just interferes with going to church today. And these other things are important things. And when we have some time, then we'll show up at church. But, you know, the sporting events and the other kinds of things, those are more important. And we give more time to that. And God has second place. And listen, we may say in our own hearts, oh, yeah, it's important. But we're teaching our children that other things are more important than the worship of God. 
And what I'm saying is, you need to have young people, you should have your own conviction in your heart and your life that you are going to build your life around the things of God, around the worship of God, in the house of God. You want your life to turn out? That's where you start. A relationship with God for yourself and a conviction about you at a young age that I need to honor and worship the Lord. I could give you stories. Stories of people who said they loved God, people who honored the Lord with their lips, but in reality, their heart wasn't there. There were all kinds of other things that were more important to them. And it was easy for them to miss church because of some sporting event that they were going to go to. It was easy for them to miss church because of hockey that their kids were in or other kinds of things. I can tell you stories. And on the surface, it all seems fine. When they're young, it's not that big of a deal. But as time has played out and things have changed in life and the children are grown and so on, they're adults now and I can share with you stories of people whose children no longer are in the house of God. They don't serve God with their life. They're not even saved people. Why? Because of an example that was being set when they were young. It's important. And part of the reason why Josiah's life turned out and he did right is because he gave importance to the most important things. He gave attention to the house of God. He built his life around honoring the Lord in that way. Josiah had a conviction of that, even at a young age. We're going to fix and repair the breaches of the house of the Lord. Not only did he give attention to the house of the Lord, he gave attention to the word of God. We read some of these verses already, but look in chapter 22 again. In verse 8, when Hilkiah said, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. And we read here how he said, you need to take that to the king. And you get down to verse 10, and Hilkiah the priest hath delivered me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass, verse 11, when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest, and Ahikam the son of Shaphan, and Akbar the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Azahiah a servant, of the king, saying, Go ye, inquire of the Lord for me, and for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book, to do according to all that it, which is written concerning us. So Hilkiah the priest, and Ahikim, and Akbar, and Shaphan, Azahiah, went unto Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tiva, the son of Haras, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they communed with her. And she said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man that sent you to me, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah hath read, because they have forsaken me, and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be kindled against this place, 
and shall not be quenched. But to the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall ye say to him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, as touching the words which thou hast heard, Because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, when thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and has rent thy clothes and wept before me, I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered into the grave in peace, and thine eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. Wow. Why was it that Josiah was spared from seeing the evil that was coming? Because the Bible says he humbled his heart, he hearkened unto the words of the book, and God said, I've heard you. And because you have wept before me, because you have paid attention to the things I've said concerning this place, your life is going to be one of peace. And you're not going to see the evil that I'm going to bring. My point is, Josiah gave attention to the word of God. And we ought to have the same kind of conviction and the same kind of heart toward the word of God in our own life. Young people, your life can go one of two ways. Your life can, you can live it for yourself. You could end up like Ammon, like Manasseh, or your life could end up like Josiah. You need a relationship with God yourself, but not only that, what you need is to let the word of God impact your life on a daily basis. You need to build your life around the word of God. We ought to let God's word daily impact us. And the question is, do you? Adults, do you let the word of God rule in your life? Does the word of God effectually work in you? Does it impact your life daily? Do you give attention to the word of God? The Bible says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Do you love the word of God? Is it important to you? Is the house of God and the things of God important to you? Listen, those are foundational things for how your life is going to turn out. Not only did he give attention to the word of God, to the house of God, but he gave attention to the people of God. In chapter 23, in verse 1, And the king sent, and they gathered unto him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem, and the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him, and the priests, and the prophets, and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by a pillar, and made a covenant before the Lord, to walk after the Lord, and to keep his commandments, and his testimonies, and his statutes with all their heart, and all their soul, to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book, and all the people stood to the covenant. Here Josiah gave attention 
to the people of God. What we find a little bit later on is that not only did Josiah read the words of the law in the ears of the people, not only did they make a covenant together that we're going to follow after the book, but we also find that Josiah started to clean the nation up, spiritually speaking. Look down in verse 12 of chapter 23. And the altars that were on the top of the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the kings of Judah had made, and the altars which Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of the Lord, did the king beat down and break them down from thence and cast the dust of them into the brook Kidron. Here he is starting to clean things up. Uh, look, let's, let's just read on a little bit further here. And the high places, verse 13, that were before Jerusalem, which were on the right hand of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon, the king of Israel, had builded for Ashtaroth, the abominations of the Zidonians, and Chemosh, the abomination of the Moabites, and for Milcom, the abomination of the children of Ammon, did the king defile, and he brake in pieces the images, and cut down the groves, and filled their places with the bones of men. Moreover, the altar that was at Bethel, and the high place which Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, had made, both that altar and the high places he brake down, and burned the high places, and stamped it small to powder, and burned the grove. Here he is cleaning up things spiritually in the nation. Skip down to verse 24. The Bible says, Moreover, the workers with familiar spirits, and the wizards, and the images, and the idols, and all the abominations that were spied in the land of Judah in Jerusalem, did Josiah put away that he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. Wow, what an amazing thing. I want you to note how complete and how thorough he was in cleaning things up. There was nothing that was held back. The Bible says everything that was spied in the land, they searched out for it. There was real revival that was happening. Not only did he clean things up spiritually, but he cleaned things up morally in chapter 23 again. But look at verse 7. The Bible says, And he brake down the houses of the Sodomites that were by the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the grove. There's a picture of how morally decayed things had gotten. And the houses of the Sodomites, where they practiced their moral corruption, he brake down and he got rid of those things. Sin was put away. Sin was not tolerated. That's a mark of revival in the heart. And the lesson that I want to give for all of that history or background, the lesson for us is, first of all, number one, we can serve God at any age. Young person, you can serve God at a young age. If you're old today and you've lived your life, you can serve God at any age. Kids can serve God right now. How do you serve God right now? By being obedient to the things that you know. The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You can desire to love God with all of your heart. I may not know everything, but I know that I want a relationship with God. The Bible says that he was 16 years old when he began to seek after the Lord. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. You know what happens most of the time in churches with teenagers? They get to be about 18 years old. They grow up in church, but then they turn 18 and they're free. They can do whatever they want and they're gone. You never see them again. It's not true, though, that you have to lose your young people. You don't have to. 
They can really grow up and serve God with their life. But they can start serving God before they ever grow up. Does that make sense? It's not true that they have to live some life, mess some things up, and then come back to God and serve Him. But young people, you have a say in that. First of all, are you saved? Do you have a relationship with God? There's a lot of you young people in this church that you know the gospel. You know that you're sinners. You know that Jesus Christ came to this world, that he died on a cross, that he shed his blood to pay for your sins so that you could have forgiveness with God. You know those things. And some of you have even felt some conviction in your heart that you're not a good person. You're a sinner. And you felt conviction in your heart that if you died, you would experience the judgment of God. You know what the Bible teaches about what the judgment of God is. That's made some of you afraid. But you choose to reject it. You choose not to respond to it. How's your life going to turn out? Some of you don't want to yield to God. You don't want to give up control. But you know what the only way that your life, this is not the only reason you should do this, but the only reason or the only way that your life will ever turn out is if you have a relationship with God yourself. You go ask all of us who've experienced a lot of heartache because of our sin and messed life up. Again, that's not the only reason you should do it. But it's the only way your life will ever turn out. You know what? Not only can we serve God at any age, but another lesson is we can serve God under any circumstance. Josiah didn't have great circumstances. And some people don't have the ideal situation or they feel like they can't do very much because of their past. But I'm telling you that God can and will bring glory to himself through anybody's life who simply will yield and surrender to him. Your past hasn't ruined your ability to give God glory. All you got to do is surrender to the Lord. But we can only serve God acceptably in one way, and that is to do right and to do that which is right in the eyes of the Lord. That's what Josiah was known for. Go to 22, chapter 22 again, and let me remind you of verse 2. The Bible says he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in all the ways of David his father. He turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. And the Bible says of Josiah that there was none like him who sought after the Lord and claved to the Lord with all of his heart and all of his soul and all of his mind. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is or what your family situation is. Young person, you can choose that you are going to do right according to the word of God. You don't have to be a victim of circumstance. Not only did he start right, not only did he do right in his life, but the Bible tells us that he finished right. Josiah 
his life eventually came to an end. And we'll read about this, and you might think that his demise was even tragic. He was actually shot in battle. But there's some things that we need to understand about Josiah that tell us that Josiah finished right. First of all, let's go to 2 Chronicles 35. 2 Chronicles chapter 35 and verse 20. The Bible says, And after all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came to fight against Carchemish by Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. But he sent ambassadors to him, saying, What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war, for God commanded me to make haste. Forbear thee from meddling with God, who is with me, that he destroy thee not. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself that he might fight with him and hearken not unto the words of Necho from the mouth of God and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. And the archers shot at King Josiah and the king said to his servants, have me away for I am sore wounded. His servants therefore took him out of his chariot, out of that chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had and they brought him to Jerusalem and he died and was buried in one of the sepulchers of his father. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. You might say, well, that was pretty tragic how he died here. However, the Bible does say some things about Josiah that tell us that he finished right. First of all, we note that he finished the work that God had given him to do. In 2 Chronicles chapter 35, in verse 20, the Bible says, after all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, what did we read about in 2 Kings 22? How that he broke down all those high places, he restored the house of the Lord back to its rightful place. And the Bible says here that when he had prepared the temple, the temple was prepared for the Passover. And we could read on and find out that they hadn't kept the Passover according to the law, since the days of Samuel. That's how long it had been since the house of the Lord and the Passover had been kept. And Josiah did what the Lord had given him to do, and he finished that work. We also note that Josiah did die serving God. In chapter 35 of Second Chronicles, look at verse 26. The Bible says, Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his goodness according to that which was written in the law of the Lord, and his deeds first and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. The Bible says that he did according to that which was written in the law, his acts first and last. The way that his life ended was a, a way that was pleasing to the Lord. And the Apostle Paul says as he writes to Timothy, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but also unto all them that love his appearing. What Paul was saying is, I finished the job that the Lord gave me to do. And he died serving God. The Apostle Paul did. There were other notable kings 
the kings of Judah, many of them, some of them started right, but they ended up finishing wrong. We could study out Asa and Jehoshaphat and Uzziah, and we could see that all of them started right. All of them had a very good beginning, but the end of them was not good, and it was because of pride in their own heart. They were lifted up in pride. They started right, but they finished wrong. How many people have that story about them? They started right, they did right, but the end of their life was a hot mess. I think King Solomon is another example of that. The wisest man who ever lived, the Bible says. He had his wisdom from God. He did all those right things, but at the end of his life, he messed it up royally. Finished wrong. There are some kings who started very wrong, but they actually ended up finishing right. I think Manasseh is one of those. You could read about Josiah's grandfather late, late in life. He finally was humbled after some hard, hard things. And he turned to the Lord. But there's others who started wrong and they just finished wrong. Their whole life, like Ahab and Ammon and others. There's the Bible's full of their stories and their histories. But Josiah was different. Josiah was one who started right. Josiah did right throughout his life. And then Josiah finished right. And why was it that made the difference for him? Why was he different than everybody else? Because of his relationship to God. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and I'll close up with this. 2 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundations of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. And the very next verse says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness and faith and charity and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The Bible says we ought to depart from iniquity. And then the Bible tells us, as an example, in a great house there are these vessels. Some are gold, some are silver, but there's others that are wood and earth. If you purge yourself from those, the wood and the earth, he says you'll be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use. And flee youthful lusts and follow after righteousness and faith instead. Follow after peace and charity. Follow after the Lord. The point that I'm making here is the reason that Josiah started right, did right, and ended right is because he sought after the Lord with all of his heart and all of his soul and all of his might. And he followed after righteousness and faith and peace and charity. He followed after that which is right according to the word of God. Young people, you might have some desires for life. You might have some ambitions. You might have some ideas of what you want your life to be, how you want it to turn out. You might have ideas in your head that you're going to get this job and that job and you're going to make money and you're going to do all these things. 
None of those things will make your life a success. In fact, they might be the very things that destroy your life. The only way that you have success in life is if you have a right relationship with God. And let me make a side note. There is nothing better you can possibly do with your life than to serve God. To do whatever he wants you to do. Purpose in your heart. That you're going to love the Lord. You're going to have a relationship with him. You're going to let his word impact your life. You're going to have some convictions about you. About following after truth. Building your life around the house of God. Listen, don't make exceptions for things. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. And your life will turn out. Josiah's did. And the Bible has nothing but good things to say about it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, pray that you'd challenge and encourage with these thoughts. There may be some who've lived life and they've messed some things up. There might even be some who feel like they can't do much for the Lord because of their past life. But the Word of God teaches us that there is no life that won't bring glory to God if we are just surrendered and yielded to Him. We can serve the Lord under any circumstance. And I pray that you'd give us some convictions, help us to develop convictions about honoring the Lord first in everything and making it the priority of my life to build my life around the things of God, on the Word of God. And I pray for the young people in our church. Some are saved, some are not. Pray for those that are not saved that they would yield to the Lord. Find a relationship with God themselves. And I pray for those that are saved and they're at a point in their life where they're making some decisions, they're searching things out, maybe they're coming into their own as far as who they are as a person and the things that they like. Lord, I pray that they would purpose in their heart to not turn to the right hand or to the left, but to walk in the ways of the, of the Lord, to love you, to build their life around the things of God. Lord, that you'd spare us from losing young people to the things of the world. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them to see, even by example, that there's nothing better that you can do with your life than to serve God. And a life that's yielded to you is a life most blessed, a successful life. So Lord, I pray that you'd use your word and some of these principles to sink in. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just keep our heads bowed and eyes closed.